Welcome back to Sister Alley Cast T, where we talk about all things church related. And on today, we are going to wrap up the series, The Whole Armor of God. Now, we started this series in Ephesians, the sixth chapter, starting at the first verse. And now we have made our way down to the 17th verse. Now, let's get right into it so we can wrap this series up and start something else. Ephesians, the sixth chapter, the 17th verse. And take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Now, the helmet of salvation literally is for the head of various forms and embossed with many different kinds of figures. Now, this piece of armor concerns our destiny and our assurance of salvation. The enemy often calls into question the level of our loyalty and our commitment to God. I don't know about you, but I have been met uh, with this question throughout my lifetime. <coughs> Excuse me, as a Christian. Now, trying to cause us to doubt God as a result so we can be paralyzed with fear and insecurity. That is another tactic of the devil. Now, the helmet protects the head, shielding it from deception and accusation. The head houses the brain. So we know that, <clears throat> and the mind, we, we, the brain, which is the mind, and we know that the mind is a form of a battlefield because the enemy likes to come in and attack our mind. He likes to plant seeds. He likes to uh, whisper in our ears and tell us, uh, sweet evil nothings to get it into our soul into our spirit into our heart we've already talked about the heart and how it flows out of the heart the issues of life or the things that's in our heart it basically leads our life so therefore the enemy comes in and he attacks or tries to attack uh, the head, which inhouses the brain, which makes decisions concerning how the rest of our body will function or how the rest of our body will operate. You know, the brain tells you uh, as the scripture or as the, let's see, let's just talk about it. The brain is in control of how we speak. The things that flow out of our mouth, uh, which can be sinful and which can be uh, 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 compassionate love of God. So the brain controls what flows out of our mouth. <coughs> the brain, excuse me, the brain controls what we listen to, what we allow to come into our ear. When the devil is speaking to us in our ears, uh, we could be listening to the devil or we can be listening to God. So the brain controls what we listen to and the brain also controls how we think. You know, those imaginations, some of those imaginations that we have to cast down, my God from Zion, or those things of what we think and how we're thinking about the word of God and the things of God and the nature of God. We can be thinking about that, but we understand that the enemy comes up against our head and the brain, uh, we experience emotions with the brain and our mind forms positive and negative perceptions about others so in, in so many words your mind is your consciousness your brain houses or the helm or your head houses your brain your brain deals with your mind 
and your mind is your consciousness, if you want to put it like that. Therefore, it's very important to have on your helmet of salvation to protect your head, to protect your mind, because we understand that the mind is a form of a battlefield. Or of the battlefield, if you want to put it like that. Now, the helmet of salvation protects us from the most fatal of all blows that could come to a child of God. And what is that? That God will not accept us as we are, which is a lie from the pits of hell. Come as you are is another church cliche, but it is a true cliche. God does not, God is the one who made you. I always tell God, you know, because I have, <clears throat> I consider myself a strong woman. I consider myself with a strong mind. And um, a lot of times, you know, I, I have a tendency to say, you know, I said it and that's what I mean. And I'm not going to take it back. I feel like I have a strong mindset. And a lot of times <clears throat> when I say something or when I do something, I uh, uh, say to God, God, you are the one who made me. You made me from the dust of the earth. You made me. Yes, I know there are symptoms that God did not give me like uh, pride and haughtiness and arrogance and vanity, ego, and things of that nature. I know God <clears throat> did not give me those things, but he gave me a strong mind. He gave me a mind to uh, stand up for my rights. He gave me a mind to stand up for what I believe in. He made me this way. God is the one who made us. So the, when the devil comes against you with that doubt that God will not accept you as you are, well, God is the one made you. He knows who you are. He knows your mindset. He knows what you will and what you will not do. Just like he told Satan to go to Job in Job chapter 1 and chapter 2. <clears throat> God had a confidence in Job that Job would not turn away from him. So he told Satan, well, have you considered my servant Job? Satan said that he's walking about, you know, he's, you know, basically seeking someone to devour and God said have you considered my servant Job because God had confidence in Job so if God is calling you to his kingdom he knows who you are praise God so do not ever I mean don't ever listen to the lies of the devil as it is but when he tells you that God will not accept you as you are he is lying to you I don't care what you did. You could have did the horriblest of crimes. You could have committed murder. God will accept you as who you are. Why? Because there is forgiveness of sin. There's only one sin that you will not forget, get forgiveness for. And that's blaspheming the Holy Ghost. But anything else you can do in this human body, God will forgive you. So don't think that you cannot come to the Lord's side. He will forgive you for whatever you have done or whatever you are doing right now. There is forgiveness. 
Then that's why the Bible talks about repenting of our sins. You know what repentance mean? Repentance mean basically that you turn, you turn away from your sin. You turn away from doing the things that you're doing that's evil and wicked. And never to do them anymore. When God began to heal the people, you can read in the four gospels. He said, um, uh, your sins are forgiven you. But sin no more. Don't go back down that road. Don't do those things anymore. You are forgiven. It's just that easy. You are forgiven. But don't do those things anymore. So don't let the devil tell you that God will not accept you as who you are. And he will come and attack us with that notion that, oh, I've done this and I've done that. And God is, you know, God don't want me. Oh, I've been such a bad person. I lived a bad life. I lived a wicked life and God doesn't want me. No, that's a lie from the pits of hell. You come to God just as you are. And we as believers have every reason to be confident of the outcome of the battle. Since God has already rescued us from the bondage of, sa of Satan by the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. So the battle has already been won. We're no longer in bondage. Those that are believers, those that are, are, are Christian, those that love God. We're, we're no longer in bondage. God has already rescued us when Jesus died upon the cross and was resurrected from the dead. Why? Because he's given us power. Power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all power of the enemy. God has given us this power. We've talked about this in previous episodes. God has given us the keys to the kingdom. Whatever we bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. Whatever we loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. These are the things that we have in our arsenal to use up against the devil. Go back and read the or listen to the previous episodes. Now make sure you are washed in the blood of the Lamb. Make sure that you have given your life to God. That you've said yes to Jesus. That you've renounced the devil and his wicked ways. The things of evil. You have to renounce those things. You have to reject those things. You have to tear down those things out of your life. And, and be washed by the blood of the Lamb. Be washed by the blood of Jesus. And make sure you have repented of your sins and invited Jesus into your life. These are things that you have to do. You have to repent of your sins. You have to turn away. You have to say, Father, I repent of my sins. I repent for murder. I repent <laughs> for backbiting. I repent. You have to say these things. Bless the Lord and invite the Lord Jesus Christ into your life. Then you can testify to Satan that you are a child of God. That's when you Satan come to you with those uh, uh, words in your ear trying to plant a seed. Then you can tell Satan, I am a child of God. We can look at John the first chapter verse 12. But as many as receive him, which is God... To them gave he power to become the sons of God. Even to them that believe on his name. So God gives you power to become his son. But you have to receive him first. You have to 
Be washed by the blood. You have to repent of your sins. Be washed by the blood and invite Jesus Christ into your life. And God will give you power to become his son. That's according to John 1 and 12. These are the laws, the principles. These are the statutes of God. And all we have to do is just believe. Now the sword of the spirit. Now this is a powerful weapon here. Now most weapons have already been defensive weapons that we've talked about. Uh, they defend us in the battle. And um, here the sword of the spirit is an offensive weapon. This is the weapon that we use to actually fight the devil. Praise God. And literal, the sword of the spirit is to destroy the enemy and to bring his surrender. To destroy the enemy and to bring his surrender. The sword of the spirit. This is a sharp, short sword. It's not long. It's short. The crucial offensive weapon in close combat. We've already talked about we are in hand-to-hand -hand combat. We are in a wrestling match with the devil. That's hand-to-hand -hand combat. So it's not like he's far away and we got to use a weapon that can reach him. We are in... Uh, Close combat, so our sword is a short sword. A soldier has to spend many years learning how to use it effectively. <laughs> the sword of the spirit. So it, it takes us a while to learn how to use this sword effectively. Listen to this. Even in the natural, it tells us a soldier has to spend many years learning how to use this weapon effectively. So what do you think about the sword of the spirit? What do you think about that? We find here that the Holy Spirit, because the Bible tells us the sword of the spirit is the word of God, not the Holy Spirit, the sword of the spirit, the sword, the weapon of the spirit is the word of God. Now we find here that the Holy Spirit is seen to be the power behind the christian warrior's use of the word of god the sword of the spirit let me say that again is seen to be the power <coughs> behind the christian warrior's use of the word of god given for the battle now the sword does not stand for the spirit but for the word of god the spirit is not so much the one that supplies the sword, but the spirit is the one who gives it its effectiveness, its cutting edge. So listen to this. The Holy Spirit is not the sword of the spirit. Because we know that the sword of the spirit is the word of God. But the spirit, the spirit is not the one that supplies the sword. That supplies the sword, I guess you could say the power. But it is the one that gives it its effectiveness and its cutting edge. Because we read before... The Holy Spirit is seen to be the power behind the Christian warrior's use 
of the word. The Holy Spirit is the power behind the use of the word of God. So it's the power behind the use of your sword. Now we can read again. The sword does not stand for the spirit. But it's the word of God. We know that the sword is the word of God. And the power behind the word of God is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit does not supply the sword. But it is the one who gives it its effectiveness and its cutting edge. Therefore, we know that the sword is the word. So we use the word to dismantle the enemy. We use the word to cut up the, the devil and his cohorts. We use the word to surrender the devil. But how, how what is given the word is power or what is given the word is cutting edge is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is what helps us to effectively use the word of God. The Holy Spirit is, is what gives the word of God its power. And what is the word of God? The word of God is Jesus Christ. And we're going to read about that. Uh, we're going to talk about that later. Now, let's read Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the twelfth verse. Hebrews states, For the word of God, which is the sword of the spirit that we have as our weapon in our armor. For the word of God is quick and it is powerful. And it is sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, and of the joints and the marrow, and is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. Now we're talking about the word of God, which is our sword, which is our weapon that we use. It states the word of God is quick and is powerful. So if the word of God is quick and powerful and we are we are yielding it in our hands to fight up against the devil is quick and is powerful and it is sharp. It will cut asunder to the piercing and dividing of the soul and the spirit. The word of God will divide the soul from the spirit. My God from Zion. And the joints and the marrow. The word of God will cut you to the marrow of your bones. I used an example when I previously uh, did this uh, part of the series, which I lost completely. But I used an example of how, you know how, I don't know if you've experienced it or not. But how you have been at church or even just reading the Bible or hearing the word of God in whatever form that you heard it. How you can squirm in your seat when the word is being preached over the pulpit and, and you're squirming in your seat and, and, and you feel uncomfortable. You feel agitated or you might even fear anger arise. Well, that is the word of God cutting you. The word of God is piercing your very marrow of your bone, your very joints. That's the word of God cutting your soul from your spirit. Why? Because the word it is quick, it's powerful. It'll get all up in your business. All the things that you do, you'll be wondering, 
Well, how did that person know that I did that? How did they know that? The word of God. The Holy Spirit, which gives it its effectiveness. That's how that person knows. Well, how did that person know that I said that? Well, the word of God. The Holy Spirit that gives it its effectiveness. That's how that person knows. Come on, somebody. Come on, read the word with me. Hebrews, the fourth chapter and the twelfth verse. For the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing even to the dividing asunder of the soul and the spirit, and, and of the joints and marrow of the bone. And is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The word of God knows what you are thinking. The word of God knows what's in your heart. Why? Because the word comes from God the Father. And God the Father knows everything. He looks down upon us. His eyes go to and fro as the scriptures say. The whole earth. His hand is not too short that he can't come and pull us up out of our mess. His ears are not closed that he cannot hear our cry. This is the God that I'm talking about. This is the God that, that inspired the men to write the word. To write the words that we are reading right now tonight. This God. He is a discerner of the thoughts and intents of the heart. So if God can discern your thoughts and your intents and he gives the man of God the uh, ability or the knowledge to write these words. Yes, the word of God is a discerner of the thoughts and the intents of the hearts of men. He knows what you are thinking before you think. The Bible tells us before we even get on our knees to pray, God already knows what we're going to pray for. He already knows our needs. This is the word of God. Look it up for yourself. Look up the scripture before you even call. I've already answered. Is how one scripture reads. Before you even called, I've already answered you. The answer is already on the way. This is the word of God. Now the word is, is living. It's active. It's piercing and it is discerning. It discerns the thoughts and intents of your heart. If you intend to do good, it, it understands that. If you intend to do evil, it understands that as well. It is also sharper and sharper than and two-edged like a razor. On the one hand, it brings healing and life to those who submit to it in faith. Then on the other hand, it pronounces judgment on those who disregard it. If you disregard the word of God, God pronounces judgment on you. If you are not in covenant with God, then you're in covenant with the devil. Now, when you're in covenant with the devil, God pronounces judgment on you. Come on, somebody. Understand what I'm saying here today. Make sure we understand that Jesus Christ is the word of God. And we can go 
to Revelations the 19th chapter and the 13th verse, which states, as he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, who is he? Jesus Christ. And his name is called the Word of God. Revelations 19 and 13. And he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood. Where did that blood come from? That blood came from the cross on Calvary. And his name is called the Word of God. Who is this? This is Jesus Christ. He is the Word. We can go to John 1 and 1 where it talks about the Word was with God and the Word is God. Go, go, to, go to John. First John. Not Saint John. First John. And read the Word. As a matter of fact, let me go there really quickly because I don't want you to make no mistake. I'm talking about 1 John. 1 John. Oh, we're going to end this series on this episode. Don't worry. It's going to be the end of this. But I just want to get a few more scriptures into your arsenal. When you fight up against or on that evil day, as the scripture tells us, on that evil day when the devil come up against you. Let's see. It is John. It's not John. Let me see. Let me get my scriptures right. Which John are we talking about? <laughs> yes, sir. In the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. Give me a minute. Give me a minute. I need my scriptures right because I don't want to leave nobody astray. No, sir. That is not what I want. It is St. John. Not 1st John. It's St. John. It's the gospel. St. John. Verse, chapter 1, verse 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. Come on. And the Word was God. The same was in the beginning. All things were made by him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. And the light shineth in darkness, and the darkness comprehended it not. So the Bible tells us in, in the beginning was the word, and the word was with God. The word Jesus in the beginning was Jesus and Jesus was with God and Jesus was God. Come on. Somebody get on board. We're trying to go somewhere. We're trying to make it to heaven. And in order to make it in heaven, we got to rightly divide the word. We got to understand the word. Why? Because we got to fight the devil. 
We don't want to uh, live all our lives and, and, and die and go to hell. We've got to go to heaven. We got to make it to heaven. I hope I didn't say hell. We got, we got to go to heaven. Let me reiterate that. We trying to go to heaven. So we have to rightly divide the word of God. Why do we want to rightly divide the word of God? Because we have to use it as our weapon in this warfare. So Jesus, Revelations 19 and 13, and he was clothed with a vesture dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Therefore, Jesus fights for us. Now let us also look at Revelations, the first chapter, and verse 16. And he had in his right hand seven stars, and out of his mouth went a sharp two-edged sword. Jesus is fighting for us, and his countenance was as the sun shineth in his strength. Let's go to Revelations 2 and 16. The Bible reads, Repent, or else, repent meaning turn, turn from your ways, your wicked ways, or else I will come unto thee quickly, and will fight against them with the sword of my mouth. The sword is in the mouth. What, what is the word? Words that proceed out of your mouth. Out of his mouth. God say repent or I'm going to come. And I'm going to fight with the sword of my mouth. Therefore we see that our sword is the word of God. The sword of the spirit is the word of God. Which is Jesus Christ who in turn fight for us. So it is crucial for us to study the word diligently, to use it effectively in this spiritual warfare. Let me say that again. The sword, our, our sword, is the word of God, which is Jesus Christ. Who in turn fights for us? We've already read the scripture. He fights for us. So it is crucial for us to study that word. We must study the word of God. The Bible tells us to study. Which is in 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Study to show thyself to prove unto God. Not unto man, unto God. A workman that needed not be ashamed. When you study and you know your work and you know your craft, you are master at your craft, you don't have to be ashamed of your work. Why? Because you can rightly divide the word of God. That's 2 Timothy 2 and 15. Study to show yourself approved before God. Don't worry about what man got to say. You study unto God to show yourself approved unto God. A workman that need not to be ashamed of your craft, of your work. The work of your hands, the work of your mind, the work of your mouth, your study. Rightly dividing the word of God. It is crucial that we study the word of God so we diligently, now, that's, that's diligently. We got to study it diligently. Why? Because we want to get it on the inside. We want to get it on the inside of our heart. So it can uh, lead our life. That's what's in the heart. It, it, it flows the issues of our life. 
the things of our life. We want to study the word diligently so we can use it effectively. So when we're in battle, we're not just standing there with our sword and don't know what to do with it. And, and that is a, that's a problem with Christians today. I'm not bashing Christians. I'm not bashing believers. But I'm saying this from a, a, a point of experience. I, I can say that for myself. I was a Christian that uh, didn't study the word diligently. I stu- yes, I studied the word. But it's so much of the word that I am just now learning about. Or I'm just now paying attention to it. Or the revelation of the word, I should say, is just now coming out to me. And I've been on this journey a long, 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 long time. But the word is just now coming real to me. I'm not, a, I'm not ashamed to say that. A lot of stuff I wasn't taught. Or if I was taught, it was just skimmed over. There was no depth to it. Or I just read the scripture and I just read it at face value. I didn't try to dig deep or try to make some understanding or try to connect the dots. Well, this chapter says this and then three chapters later, God is saying this. Well, those three three chapters later corresponds to that. That first chapter I read, and I didn't put it together. That's why I said that we have to, as children of God, we have to study the word and we have to study it diligently so that we can use it effectively. We have to use it effectively. We have to know uh, what is going on in the realm of the spirit. We have to connect the dots. In the word of God. To tell us what is going on in the realm of the spirit. That's why I harp on. Uh, us being as believers. Us being as Christians. That to get, dig deep into the word. To to study the word for ourselves. And, 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 and to rightly divide the word. Because it is imperative. That we do these things. To be a, an effective soldier. Yeah I mean I remember the days. In my younger days, uh, when we uh, had to choose different ones to be on our teams, like say for instance baseball or volleyball or basketball or whatever it is, and you have the, you know, the captain had to choose from this row of people. There's always this one person that was choose chosen last, and the majority of the time, nobody wanted that person, or neither captain wanted that person on their team. But that was the last person. Why? Because they did not feel like that person was a in the game so they choose everybody else they choose the good people first the medium people next and then the 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 people they felt like was not effective was always chosen last because nobody really wanted them on the team listen that's why I'm so adamant about it because I want us as believers, I want us as Christians to be effective in this battle. I don't know about you, but I've been through some stuff. And I'm determined to be effective in this battle. Because I want to show forth the goodness of God. What God can do. 
how that God has given me power to tread over serpents and scorpions and over all powers of the devil. I'm not, I don't want the devil to feel like he got control over me. No, no, you don't have control over me. I got control over you. You may have had control or some sense of control when I did not know the covenants of God. I didn't know about the covenants of God. I didn't know about the laws and statutes. Uh, I didn't take time to study to find out about the codes, the covenants, the statutes, the principles of God. But now that I know about the principles of God, the covenants of God, oh yes, you got a fight on your hand, devil. So you might as well get ready. You should have never let Allison find out. You should have took me out back then when I didn't know. That's what you should have did. But now that I know, I'm putting forth an effort to study to show myself to prove. I'm putting forth an effort to rightly divide the word. I'm putting forth an effort to know the covenants and the principles and the laws of God. You got a fight on your hand. Why? Because God made me this way. God made me like this. We can go back to where we talked about how the devil tried to make us uh, feel like God is not accepting of who we are. No, that's a lie from the pits of hell. God made us this way. So he's, I, I hope he didn't tell the devil to come try, go, 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 go talk to Allison. <laughs> go try Allison. <laughs> I know she ain't gonna, she ain't gonna put me down. I hope he didn't tell the devil that. But, huh, you never know, because God is God. You never know if he didn't tell Satan to go try John or go try Susan or go try Sharon or go try Abigail. You don't know if God told the devil that unless God tells you. But all you need to know is that uh, you need to use the word of God against the devil. You need to put on your whole armor and use your sword of the spirit. That's what you need to know. <laughs> Praise God. At least that's what I'm trying to get all of us, not only you, I'm not just talking to you. I'm talking to myself too. I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. I'm not angry or mad. I just want us to really, I, I am being that soldier that's standing beside you with my shield up. So the enemy can't, his fiery dots can't get in and destroy us. That's who I am being. That's why I am here on this podcast to be that one that stands beside you and say, not here, devil. Why? Because we're going to have some knowledge. We're going to have some understanding. The Bible tells us that the people of God are destroyed. Why? Because of the lack of knowledge. If I gain knowledge, I'm going to share that knowledge with you. Why? Because I'm standing beside you. We are in this battle together. Is no I'm in this battle and is no you in this battle. If we are alive and well, or if we basically, if we are alive on this earth, we and we're professing Jesus Christ to be our Lord of Lord and King of Kings, to be our Savior, we are in this battle together. 
So we are soldiers fighting together. So we have to be arm in arm fighting against this devil because it's not like he's going to fight me and not fight you. It's not like he's going to fight you and not fight me. He is going to fight us as long as we profess that we belong to Jesus Christ. Why? Because he wants to take us to hell with him. So I am your help meet on this podcast. Now we're going to go on. We can read how Jesus used the scripture when he was tempted by Satan. We can go to Luke 4 verses 1 through 4. And Jesus being filled with the Holy Ghost returned from Jordan and was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now it being 40 days, uh, being 40 days tempted by the devil. Now the devil began to tempt Jesus for 40 days after he came off his fast. How dare he? How dare Satan go and tempt Jesus Christ? Well, because Jesus Christ was here in the blood. Jesus Jesus wasn't in the spiritual form. He was in the form of human. He was in that sinful nature, that sinful body. So yes, he went to tempt Jesus. Why? Because Jesus, his flesh was hungry. The Bible says, being 40 days tempted of the devil, and in those days he did eat nothing. And when they were ended, he afterward hungered. Jesus, afterward, he was hungry. That flesh was hungry. He was in this fleshly body. He was not just spirit. He was in this fleshly body. So yes, the devil went to tempt him. And the devil said unto him, meaning Jesus, if thou be the son of God, can, can, can you imagine Satan, he already knew that Jesus was the Son of God by the Spirit. But because he was in that sinful flesh, because Jesus was in the flesh, Satan tempted him. He said, okay, if you are the Son of God, command these stones to be made to bread. Why? Because I know you're in that fleshly body and I know it is hungry. But what did Jesus say? Jesus said unto him, it is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. So in other words, we can bring it to our language. Jesus said, okay, I don't need bread. Don't even try me like that. I don't need to eat bread because I got what? I got the word of God. The word of God feeds me. He just came out of off a fast. He had not eaten yet. If you've ever been on a fast and you notice when you come off and you if you if your time to end the fast is over, you still may not be hungry. You may take a little bit of time before you actually eat. Because that flesh is dead. That that thing in your flesh that says I'm hungry, I'm hungry, I'm hungry. Hey, after 40 days, that is that is dead. That is gone. If you fast the right way for three days, that goes away. But Jesus was fasting for 40 days so that he, he was mortifying the flesh. The Bible tells us to mortify our flesh, to kill our flesh so that our spirit will be alive. So that we can walk in the spirit. Jesus was walking in the spirit. He is spirit. He's Jesus Christ. He is the son of God. Jesus told Satan, it is written, he used the scriptures. 
It is written that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word of God. We can go to 2 Timothy 3 and 16 through 17. In the NIV version, it says all scripture is God breathed and is useful for what? Teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. So that the servant of God, which is you and me, may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. We just talked about that, how God gives man the words to write in the scriptures so that we can learn, so we can be taught. The Bible said it's for, uh, for teaching, it's for rebuking, it's for correcting. We talked about that with the sword of the spirit, how it cuts to the marrow of the bone and, and in training in righteousness. Why? Because we are the righteousness of God. So that the servant of God may be thoroughly, which is you and me, we may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. For every good work, we may be thoroughly equipped for the battle as well. Thus, the word of God must be found in our hearts, our mind, and, and our mouth. You can only be successful in battle when the word of God is in you. Effectively. We must study, memorize, and apply the scripture, be able to use it at any given time. Why? Because it is our spiritual bullet. The word of God is our spiritual bullet. So we must be able to use it at any given time. So how do we do that? Or how are we able to do that? We must study and, remember and memorize it so we can apply it effectively now we're going to go to verse 18 we about to get out of here the bible says now that's the end of the armor of god now we want to read verse 18 because it's very important verse 18 is very important um for this whole learning for this whole teaching verse 18 praying always with all prayer and supplication in the spirit and watching thereunto with all perseverance and supplication for all saints now, Paul lets us know that the practice of prayer completes the whole armor of God. It's like it, it's the practice of prayer. It kind of completes your putting on your armor. Prayer is not the seventh piece of the armor now. Get this. Prayer is not the seventh piece of the armor. However, it is essential for the battle. You've got to pray. Jesus tells us a, a lot. The always pray. Men shall always pray. It's scripture. Look it up. I, actually, that's Luke 18 and 1. And he spake, which is Jesus, he spake a parable unto them to this end, that men ought always to pray and not to faint. So we have to always pray. Why? So we won't, be, so we won't faint. We can look at the scripture when Jesus was in the Garden of Gethsemane. When he told uh, Peter and, and, and um, his cohorts to stay, you know, to come with him. He's going to pray. And they went with Jesus away from the rest of the crew. And uh, Jesus told them to stay right there. And he was going to go a little farther out and he was going to pray. So Jesus was praying. And we know the story about Jesus praying in the Garden of Gethsemane and how his prayer was so deep and um, so 
uh, reverence to God. It was he was like in agony till his sweat was like great drops of blood. We we know this scripture. If we don't know it, I want you to look it up. The Garden of Gethsemane. If you put that in there, or uh, um, you should be able to find it. If you if you Google it, you should be able to find. Um, that particular scripture but when Jesus you know he prayed a little bit and he came back to Peter and those that went with him and they were asleep and Jesus woke them up and said can you not only can you not pray with me just for one hour the brothers were tired they you know a lot of times the devil comes in and he makes us tired where we don't want to pray I can use that for example. I have my clock ready to alarm at 6 o'clock so I can get up and pray at 6. Some some of those mornings I don't want to get up. I just lay there and, and you know, kind of muddle in my brain or in my mind or, or just kind of pray. However, I, I don't want to get out of bed and pray. I don't want to get up and pray. Get up and actually walk around and pray. But that's how the enemy comes in. Jesus said, can you, only, can, you, can you not pray with me for just one hour? Just one hour. That's all I ask. And then he went back to the garden and he began to pray again. Because Jesus was facing the cross. I mean, he's a man in human flesh. He was facing the cross. So yes, he was kind of uh, anxious about it. There was some anxiety there. If he's sweating like great drops of blood, yeah, I would say there's some anxiety there. He was human. That's why the devil tempted him, telling him to turn these stones into bread. But Jesus went and he came back to Peter and the crew. And they were asleep again. But Jesus told him, eventually Jesus told him, you sleep on. Because he had accept, prayed to God and he had uh, uh, the Spirit of God had come upon him and, and gave him some strength. So that anxiety was taken away from him. So he told them to sleep on because, you know, it's, it's all good right now. Because I'm, I'm, I'm going to the cross. I'm just using my, the Allison version. <laughs> Y'all sleep on because I'm going to the cross in a little bit. So... We understand that prayer is not the seventh piece of armor. However, it is essential for the battle. It is foundational for the deployment of all of our weapons. Did you hear that? It is foundational. It is the foundation for us to deploy our weapons. For us to use our weapons. Prayer is the foundation. So if you get out there on the battlefield and you have not prayed. Or if you have not prepared. Because I feel say prayer is a preparation that's a part of your preparation prayer you get out there on the battlefield and you have not prayed that devil gonna slap you left and right that that reminds me of the sons of Sceva this is in the book of Acts if you have not heard of this story look it up and read it it's in the book of Acts the sons of Sceva they had saw the men the, the true Apostles, the true men and women, the true men of God, you know, casting out devils and whatnot. So they wanted to go and cast out a devil. And they begin to say, uh, in the name of the Jesus that Paul and Peter know. Well, guess what? 
those devils talk back to them and say, uh, Paul I know and Jesus I know, but who are you? That demon talked back and said, I know Jesus and I know Paul, I know Peter. Go, go look it up for yourself. But who are you? Who are you? You telling me to come out in the name of the Jesus that they know. I don't even know you. So what happened? The devil beat the clothes off of them. The devil had that person that they embodied. Remember we talked about humans are the host for demons. Well that demon beat the clothes off of these people. And ran them away. It's foundational prayer. It's foundational for the deployment of our weapons. We can't go out there all willy-nilly and don't know how to use our weapons. And you talking about in the name of the Jesus that Paul and Peter know. Uh-uh. That devil will beat the clothes off of us. We're we not going out like that. Not on my watch. Not on Alley Cat's tea. No, we're not going out there like that. Not Sister Alley Cat's. Sister Alicat's not going to teach you like that. Sister Alicat's not going to encourage you like that. Sister Alicat's is not going to tell you to go out there all willy-nilly and don't have no foundation to deploy your weapons. I'm going to tell you to read the Word of God so you can rightly divide it. So you can study it. To show yourself approved before God. Yes, so when and if God calls you to be a deliverance person or minister... When you call out that devil, he has nothing to do but to flee. Why? Because you're using the word of God. You're using the foundation prayer. You're using the word of God, which is your weapon, your sword. You know how to use the word of God. You know the uh, codes, uh, uh, the principles, the laws, the covenants of God. You know all these things. So when you do come up against the devil, you know what to say. We talked about that previously. You will know what to say. Now the last thing that will determine whether you will win or lose the battle is prayer. If you put on all the other parts of the armor but fail to pray... You are just like a soldier who is prepared but falls asleep on the battlefield. We just talked about that. Peter and the crew, they were asleep. My God from Zion. If you put on all the parts of the armor but fail to pray, you are just like a soldier who is prepared but falls asleep on the battlefield. Oh my God. We're not falling asleep on this battlefield. No. We're going out there ready and prepared. Ready for battle. Therefore prayer is what keeps us awake. To fight the enemy. So we're going to be awake. We're going to be woke. In this day and time. To fight the enemy. Therefore we must pray. Now, one thing before we close out this episode or the last episode of the whole armor of God. Now, did you or did anyone notice that there was no protection for the back on this armor? 
We got on our helmet of salvation. We got on our breastplate of righteousness. Yes, and in some forms they had a back piece, but a lot of forms did not have a back. Uh, we had our belt of truth, our loins girt about with the truth. We had our feet shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. We had on our, our shoes that helped us to move quickly and able and not stumble. We have our shield of faith that we uh, hold in front of us that covers our entire body. That covers us and our family. The shield of faith. And we had our sword of the spirit. Our offensive weapon to fight, to cut asunder to the joints and the marrow. Uh, to discern the very thoughts and intents of the heart. To cut the soul from the spirit. We had all those weapons, but there is nothing really protecting the back. Why is that? Did anybody notice that? Did anybody think about that? Why is there nothing for the back? Well, I want to tell you, never turn your back on the devil. <laughs> never turn your back on the enemy. Don't do it. Why? Because you will be wounded in an unprotected area. However, if you are wounded, don't give up. Don't give up because you can recover. We've all been wounded in some aspect of life. In some aspect, you have been wounded. But don't give up because you will recover. But what I want to tell you is don't turn your back on the devil. Always be watching. The Bible tells us, yeah, we got to pray. But the, uh, there's also a scripture that tells us to watch as well as pray. You got to watch. You got to always be watching what the enemy is doing. What the enemy has said, yes, he's going to come to you and he's going to try to plant seeds. Yes, you got to watch in the spiritual realm. You got to watch your dreams. You got to pay attention to your dreams. Always watching. You may not say anything or you may not do anything, but you're watching. You're watching what the enemy is doing. Why? Because you're going to be, you want to be ready for battle. You want to be ready to move. You want to be ready to use your weapons. Never turn your back on the devil. Always be watching. Now, foot soldiers, because we're talking about ancient Rome, we're talking about the whole armor, we're talking about the armor, a, a, a Roman armor. Foot soldiers fighting close range, which we talked about it because I swore it is for close combat. Always having another soldier there to protect their back. So there was always somebody else there to protect their back. That's why I told you previously, I am here to be your help me. I'm not arguing. I'm not, you know, I, I, made, I, I got a big mouth. I talk loud. I'm a country girl. When I get excited, my voice is elevated. <laughs> I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, take the mic away from my my mouth so I won't be so loud but I, I am from the country so I when I get excited I get loud so um, take that with a grain of salt just know who I am that's a little tidbit for you 
but foot soldiers fight in close range and they always have another soldier there to protect their back. So make sure that you have an effective uh, uh, prayer partner or effective uh, soldier at your side or someone there, uh, someone that you know that is an effective, effective person in the kingdom of God, effective person in this battle that will have your back. And like I, I gave the example about the teams, you know, the two captains choosing for their team. A lot of times that person that's not effective is the person that nobody wants to pick. Nobody wants to pick that person that's not effective. Nobody want to pick that person that's always in the marketplace. Always running about here and there in the marketplace. Just doing all kind of things. Shopping and going out to eat and just hanging out. And, and nobody's praying and nobody's reading the Bible. That person is not effective in the kingdom of God. Why? Because they don't, how can they pray if they're in the marketplace all the time? You know for sure that they're always in the marketplace. So when do they have time to pray? When do they have time to read their Bibles? When do they have time to uh, study uh, different books and things that give you knowledge, uh, insight into the word of God? When do they have time to do these things if they're always in the marketplace? If they're always roaming about to and fro? This is an ineffective person. This is a person that will not help you in this warfare because the enemy, let me tell you, let me tell you something. Those that work evil, and I heard a minister say this, those that work evil, they are for sure in what they do. They are confident in what they do. Why? Because they see the effectiveness of what they do. But the people of God they don't see no effectiveness because they're not doing what is required to see the effectiveness. Yes, we go to church. We can be in the church seven days a week. But what you do when you go home? What you do in your secret time? There are many, many, many people, uh, many, many believers, many, many Christians. I believe, but they don't, they don't put action to it. The Bible tells us faith without works is dead. If we don't do any works, if we don't put no action to it. Honey, these days you can put Bible apps on your phone and you can listen to the Bible on your phone. You don't have to read it. You don't have to have a paper Bible. Many people have their Bible on their phone and many of these apps apply a, 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 a voice version or whatever you want to call it. A version where you can listen to it. You don't have to sit in, and sit down in one place and open a Bible and read it nowadays. You can listen to the Bible as you're riding along in your vehicle. You can listen to the Bible when you're on your break at work. You can listen to the Bible and study in the break room gossiping. You can listen to your Bible. Come on, somebody. Don't try me like that. You know what I'm talking about. You want an effective person. You know the tree by the fruit it bears. We talked about those fruit way up in the beginning of these episodes of this of this teaching of this learning. You know the tree by the fruit it bears. If that person is a prayer warrior, you know it by how they pray. If that person is a, a Bible scholar, you'll know it by the scriptures that they quote or the scriptures that they know. 
you know the fruit by the uh, you know the tree by the fruit. If this person truly loves God, they won't be somewhere uh, messing with somebody else's husband. <laughs> Come on, somebody! I'm gonna get y'all out of here. Woo! We over we I'm overdoing it. But anyway, back to where we were. We cannot take on the enemy's kingdom by ourselves. We must find our place in the body of Christ. Come under discipline and know who is standing around us. We got to know who we got in our group. Being able to trust them to have your back at all times. As we put on the arm of God and as we utilize it. Speaking and standing on the word. We will be met with resistance. The devil will come against you in so many words. When the devil finds out that you are somebody, a formidable Christian, a formidable believer, a formidable lover of God, he is going to fight against you. Why? Because he does not want you to walk in your destiny. He does not want you to do the things that God has called you to do. God has called you to a higher calling. God has called you to a place in him. And the devil is going to do everything in his power to keep you from walking in your destiny. To keep you from walking in the call that God has called you to walk in. God may have called you to uh, 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 witness to the drug addict. If, if you are a person that dealt with drugs, God may call you uh, to a higher calling where you can actually talk to them. If, 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 I've, if a person has never been on drugs, how can you uh, fully witness to a person that's on drugs? How can you let them know that I know what you're going through, but there's a God that can bring you out of this situation? How can I tell you that if I've never been on drugs? How can I tell the prostitute to never uh, to stop prostituting and God can come out, bring her out of that and heal her body and heal her mind from that, those actions, if I've never been a prostitute? I don't know what, what a prostitute has been through. So I don't know how to minister to that person. Now, if you've been fought by witchcraft and in a battle with witchcraft, I can talk to you about that. Because I've been fought with witchcraft and I know how it go. I know how it works. I can, I can minister you about witchcraft. I'm still in the learning process though. But I can tell you what I know about it. I can tell you what I've learned about it. Because I've been through that. So there are many souls out there that are, are looking for and and. and you know, there's, there's a soul that you can speak to that I can't speak to. There's a soul that will listen to you that won't listen to me. There are so many souls assigned to you. Those souls that are assigned to you, they're not assigned to me. I can't speak to that soul. I can't speak to that person and they hear God. Now, if you go to that soul, because that soul is assigned to you. If you go to that person and you speak the word of God to that person, they will hear you. Whereas they won't hear me. So, 
as we put on the whole armor of God and utilize it, speaking and standing on the word, we will be met with resistance. The enemy will tell you that what you are doing is not working. But I want you to remember this. We learn that everything that the devil tells us, whether it be the devil himself, whether it be demons, whether it be imps, whether it be representatives of the devil, whatever they say is a lie. Remember that. If it's contrary to the word of God, it's a lie and it's coming straight from the pits of hell. It's coming from the devil. If it is contrary with the word, it is a lie. It's coming from the pits of hell. It's coming from the devil. So how are we going to know that it's a lie? If we don't know the word of God. How, how do we know that it's, come, it's the devil speaking. And we don't know the rules, the laws, the principles of the word of God. How are we going to know? Because the, the, the devil comes as an angel of light. The devil is a counterfeit. The devil is a copycat. Just like God got a kingdom, the devil's got a kingdom. Just like God got princes, Michael is a chief prince, the devil got princes, principalities. We already talked about that. There's an order in God's kingdom. Satan has an order in his kingdom. Come on, somebody. Hear what we're learning here today. Hear the words that are coming out of my mouth. Hear the words. Praise God. We, we coming to an end. I'm, I'm going to let y'all go. If your commitment to the battle is not working, Satan would not be the one to tell you. So if your commitment to the battle is not working, Satan's not going to tell you that. He, he wants you to continue in the way that you're going. I want you to also remember that the strategies that we use, those that we've learned by this teaching and those that are given to you personally by God must be used on a daily basis. You got to use your strategies daily. We talked about putting on the whole armor of God on a daily basis. Uh, we talked about, uh, if we haven't, we talked about uh, pleading the blood of Jesus on a daily basis. Uh, you plead the blood of Jesus on your on yourself, on your family, on your property on your possessions the blood of Jesus use the blood of Jesus there's power in the blood and we cannot use our weapons today and not tomorrow we got to use it on a daily basis and we are not consistent the enemy most likely will prevail if you are not consistent in using your weapons most likely the enemy will prevail now I want you to remember that this battle is spiritual we talked about it we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. That means we don't wrestle against our family members. We don't wrestle against our neighbors. We don't wrestle against our friends. We don't wrestle against our co-workers. We don't wrestle against our children, our husbands, our wives, etc. We wrestle against spiritual beings. We wrestle against those that wander about in the spiritual realm. The spirit these spiritual beings are telling your family members to do these things and because your family members don't have on the whole armor of God and not praying they do what the that that being is telling them what that demon is telling them to do they do it so it's fighting up against you 
It's not your family. It's not your loved one that's doing it. It's that, that, that devil, that demon on the inside of them that's doing it. So remember that. We don't fight against or we don't wrestle against flesh and blood. We wrestle against spiritual beings. And these beings can try to battle us directly or they can use human hosts. Just like I said. They can come whisper in your ear. They can attack your body. They can attack your mind. Or they can be inside of a human being that comes against you. But you must remember that we fight in the spirit, not in the flesh. You have to fight this in the spirit. Yes, we want to put up our dukes. We want to put up our fists. And we want to knock somebody, how they say it, back to kingdom come. We want to take out our gun these days. They don't, they don't fight with fists anymore. They take out guns. We want to take out our guns and we want to shoot somebody. But we have to remember it's not the human being. It's that devil that resides on the inside of them that is using them to fight up against you. So you have to fight in the spirit. That means through prayer and fasting. Studying the word. Shooting forth the word. That's the way we fight. We don't fight with guns. We don't fight with our... And I, I'm laughing at that because I remember a time when I want to fight with a gun. But that is not the way to fight. I implore you to put on the whole armor daily and fight with everything that you have on the inside of you. If you profess to live for God, Satan and his cohorts will surely fight against you. So I admonish you on today to fight. Fight, 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 fight and this is the end of our series the whole armor of god i want to thank you for listening to sister Alex t and i know on this episode i rambled a lot but we should be able to glean from some of the words that came out of my mouth i want you to get the nuggets that you got the scriptures that you got and i want you to meditate on them those scriptures that i talked about that you need to go look for for yourself i want you to look those up and meditate on them again i thank you for listening to sister ali cast t and guess what i will talk to you soon be blessed <laughs>